Hey, thanks for listening to the Gladstown Podcast. If you want to support the show, head on over, give us a review on iTunes, uh, five stars, four stars, it's all good. Uh, first thing I wanted to do at the top of the show, shout out uh, the two people who left reviews over the past week. Girl 99, five stars. I got indoctrinated into the Church of Joe a long time ago. And MM Burger, mmm, Burger, five stars. I actually screamed a little when I first started listening to this. LOL, good job, Joe. Uh, I, I know both of you. I know both of you. Cheating. It's cheating. It's, it's definitely cheating, but who cares? Thank you. Love you guys. All right, so now that that's out of the way, oh, one more thing before I forget about it. You can also follow me on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash pith, pith, pith. That's P-I-T-H-P-I-F-T-H. It's complicated enough that even I can't pronounce it. All right, now that that's out of the way, let's go ahead and do us a show. tell you what it's so good to be back oh i love this studio i really do it's just it's just such a nice way to to unwind after a long day at work and oh my god it was a long day at work i'm not even going to touch that with a 10-foot pole it was a long day at work i'll tell you what for a programmer i do a lot of manual labor that is not what i got into this field for (laughs) <laughs> and I do not appreciate it when I'm made to lug shit around all day. That being said, this is not manual labor. This is the Gladstone Podcast. Woohoo, we're here. I had other things I wanted to talk about. What were they? They Well, we have a lot of things. Uh, there are... So let's let's start with uh, the, the very top of the show. So the very, the first thing I wanted to talk about was the same thing that... Every pop culture podcast out there has been talking about for more or less the past eh, two weeks. How old is this? Uh, how old is this article? It's uh, let's see, Ringer.com. It does not give me a date on the article, but it feels like about two weeks. Uh, it is the it is the Ringer.com's 100 best TV episodes of the century. So what they're doing is they are listing out the uh, 100 best TV episodes of the past, you know, 18 years. Uh, So everything from 2000 onward, nothing from the 90s, nothing from the 80s. It's not the past 100 years. It's the past century. Uh, So I didn't actually care to talk about uh, the the list itself. But basically the way it works is it seems like they've taken pretty much just one episode from each show that they that they felt made the cut. So instead of this whole list being comprised of, you know, uh, one show like Breaking Bad or Game of Thrones or whatever, it's one from Breaking Bad, one from Game of Thrones, one from Lost, one from... Uh, Apparently, Spongebob. Huh. Yeah, no, actually, this seems right. (laughs) Coming in at number 78, Spongebob Squarepants. Uh, They counted 
Both of these episodes is one, The Secret Box and Band Geeks. And I'll tell you what, Band Geeks, I've said it before, I'll say it again. It is one of the greatest moments of television history. One of the finest, most accurate portrayals of marching band that I have ever seen in my entire life. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Mayonnaise is not an instrument. All right. So, uh, I, I'll just go through the top. I'll go through the top five because this isn't what I'm interested in talking about about this list, but we'll go through it anyway because everyone wants to know. Uh, number five, uh, Chappelle's Show, episode number 2.4. Number four, True Detective Who Goes There. Number three, Game of Thrones, The Reigns of Castamere. That is the Red Wedding episode, of course. Uh, number two, Mad Men, The Suitcase. And number one, Lost the Constant. Uh, so basically, it's it's a list. It, it's a list of uh, it's a list of what the writers considered to be the top one hundred episodes. And I can pretty much I can pretty much get on board with all this right up until you get towards like the top ten. But I think that's where mostly everybody falls off of this because no one's ever going to agree about this and. 99% of the reason for writing this article in the first place is to make people share it and argue about it. And that's what we're going to do. Because what I want to argue about is the first thing I did when I found this article was I searched for one thing. And that one thing came up as episode 92 on the list. Doctor Who. Ah, yes, Doctor Who. Because what else was I going to search? My, my single favorite show of all time. It's basically defined my adult life. <laughs> what else am I going to search on this? Uh, so, I got some issues. And I'll tell you this. It's not that I don't like this episode. It's not that I don't understand why they chose this episode. It's just that everybody chooses this episode. And in me saying that, 99% of the people who have seen or who have kept up on Doctor Who know the episode that I'm talking about. Uh, coming in at number 92 on the 100 best TV episodes of the century is season 3, episode 10 of uh, what's referred to as New Who, Blink. Directed by Hedy McDonald and written by Stephen Moffat. All right. So I've got a problem with this. Why blink? Why why is it always blink? Why do you have All right, I get it. I re I really get it. I really do understand on a certain level why you would choose blink because first and foremost it is not it is almost a quintessential Doctor Who episode like it's it's the most Doctor Who that Doctor Who gets. I get that. It's weird. It's not entirely linear in its timeline. It's almost wibbly-wobbly. But I don't know. I feel like Blink is just incredibly overrated. And that's not even to say it's not an incredible episode of Doctor Who. It's just that 
people have been pointing to it for god seven or eight years now right gotta be we gotta be going on 10 years since season three of of doctor who right or series three sorry uh let me look that up right now because i'm not sure when it came out uh series third series of british science fiction program doctor who is preceded by the 2006 christmas special the runaway bride so 2007 presumably unless they did the weird thing where they did a christmas special and then took a year off no uh original release date 31st of march to the 30th of june 2007 13 episodes and nine stories long so yeah so so it's been 11 years now 11 years of doctor who and we're still stuck Mm, excuse me pointing to the same episode i get it it's good it it's really good it's got david Tennant. it's got freema agumen i really hope i didn't screw her name up but i know i did um it's really got everything it's got carrie mulligan in it carrie mulligan is unbelievable <laughs> in this she's she's she just brings it like it's a it's an amazing performance which is good because she's basically the main character of this but at the same time haven't we done better by now like i don't know i don't know maybe maybe i'm totally off base here maybe maybe i'm just maybe i just don't get it maybe maybe i'm old <laughs> maybe i'm the wrong demographic but i i gotta feel like there's something else out there like um when i personally think of the best doctor who episodes to me of all time i tend to think um well well, first of all there's uh there's the time of the doctor so that would be that's the tv movie right not the name of the doctor yeah the name of the doctor is (sighs) crap the name of the doctor is matt smith's regeneration episode the time of the doctor is the thing directly before that which was the made for tv movie yes i think that's correct 90 85 percent sure that's correct that's that's one of the first things that comes to mind but in terms of normal episodes the first thing that comes to my mind is the rings of akaten and boy i am just going way off into who the fuck cares land if you don't like Doctor Who this week uh, if you stick around this long good for you I'll see y'all next week um, but the, the, the reason I say Rings of Vakaten is because first of all the, the setting was the most Doctor Who of really anything that's come out of the new series and what really got me was the music in Rings of Akaten, not just the the main song that they play towards the end, but just the general scoring of it overall. Murray Gold did an excellent job on the, the, the whole episode. And, I mean, Matt Smith just delivers. This is peak Matt Smith here. We are he's at the top of his game. I really struggle to think of very many moments more that really got me uh in his run and he's really my favorite doctor (laughs) which 
if if you've seen me wear wear bow ties, you probably know that. But anyway, I I really just needed to get that off my chest. It really bothered me. We've had 11 years of Doctor Who. There's so much more Doctor Who than Blink. Somebody please watch it. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Maybe I should have come with a with a larger list. Maybe maybe that's my problem. Maybe I maybe I'm the one who is unprepared to make this argument. Maybe it's on me that I have failed to properly justify why Blink is not the single greatest Doctor Who episode ever made. But this is my opinion, and sit on that. So take that. Speaking of things that drive me absolutely batshit insane. Uh, I really just... I don't even know why I put this in here, but Alex Jones... <sighs> oh, I hate saying the name. Alex Jones got booted off of... Let's list them all. iTunes Podcast, Facebook, YouTube, and Spotify. Or at least some of his shows or materials or insane ramblings did and honestly i really only put it on here because i kind of wanted to dance on his grave a little bit <laughs> that's that's really the only reason i what, what do you expect me to do i i'm you want me to launch into some long-winded discussion over the importance that we don't censor voices on the internet because i'm not gonna do that i don't care Apple, Facebook, Google, Spotify, or whomever owns Spotify, they're all they're all private companies. I don't I don't care what they do. In this case, I do care what they did because <laughs> I think it's fantastic and slightly hilarious. But for the most part, I'm not gonna get into this. I really just wanted to, you know, really, really just rub my butt in it. It it's it's a good it's a good feeling. It's a really good feeling. Alright. But less good feelings. Evo twenty eighteen. So uh by this point sorry if the sniffling comes through. I was sick over the, the uh past week, so I'm still I'm still getting over getting over the the the, the snot part. <laughs> the sickness. I might sound a little weird too. <laughs> that one's definitely gonna come through. I'm sorry about that. Um anyway, Evo. Evo. Uh yeah. So let's let's talk this through here. So Evo is uh it's basically one of the most popular fighting game tournaments in the world. Uh I'm pretty sure everybody pretty much everybody involved in professional or collegiate esports pretty much knows what you're talking about when you say evo uh their big games are you know street fighter and smash 4 and i think they have tekken 2 and or tekken 4 rather tekken also tekken also <laughs> they have tekken also um and i don't know if mortal Kombat is uh, a thing that fighting game players are a fan of I feel like I don't hear about it as much as Street Fighter. But either way, it's not important because what we're talking about is we're talking about Super Smash Bros. 4. So, for those of you who don't know, there was a bit of a controversy that stirred up 
particularly over the past uh, past 24 hours, uh, wherein the two finalists... Well, let's backtrack here, actually. So the first big problem was, was in the character Bayonetta. For those of you who aren't familiar, Bayonetta is a character in Super Smash Bros. 4 that is from the titular game series that premiered on the Wii U? Maybe? Is that right? Did Bayonetta... It came out in... I want to say 2009? Yes. Okay, so it was originally released for Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 in 2009. And it would later come to the Wii U uh, in 2014. And then, or maybe that was Bayonetta 2. Either way, uh, it's a big game for the Wii U and for the Switch. It exists on both. I believe there's also a Windows port. But eventually, Bayonetta got included in Smash. She came as part of DLC, which was sort of a new thing for Super Smash Bros. 4. It was a little controversial. But all in all, uh, the community seemed to receive it reasonably well. The problem was that Bayonetta, even when she came out, was not balanced, we'll say, at all. So, fans were rather hoping that uh, she would be banned. Which I can get behind, and I can understand why people would be disappointed that she wasn't banned. Uh, and as a result of this, she was the go-to pick for a lot of the players that played at Evo. Which you know, when you have an over when you have an overpowered character, that's 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 what you're gonna do. It's it's competitive esports. There's a lot of money on the line here, and you, you if you're gonna play to win you're gonna play the overpowered character uh regardless of this it ended up being that the crowd was booing the players and i i go back so i go back and forth on this part and let me move a little forward too so we get to the finals and it ends up being uh they are called lima and captain zach i believe yes that is their names uh, so we're in the grand finals. Lima and Captain Zack are facing off against each other. Both choose Bayonetta. And I think this was kind of the last straw for people. Um, because it ended up being, and there's videos of this online, that people were booing, they were walking out. And so this is the part I start to go back and forth on. On one hand, I understand the disappointment of the fans of the eSport. And I do, in a way, understand this idea of uh, of walking out on it. I, and I think that might have been... I think that might have been the right thing to do. Um, I think with all your options, walking out is probably the good thing to do because, you, you know, you're sending a message to Evo. They should have banned this character. There's... There's no reason why you couldn't ban this character. And it would have been in the better interests of your tournament. So that I, that I understand, that I get. Booing the players is a bit different 
to me, uh, I don't, that, that I'm not entirely on board with, but then again, what I'm also not on board with is the reaction that the players had, and so it started with, uh, Captain Zack, uh, waving his middle finger to the, to the crowd, and that's, that's obviously not great. And then throughout the rest of the grand finals, they kind of just trolled the audience. And it, this is where things devolved beyond bad to disastrous. Um, so we get to the final match, and it ended up being that these two players, Lima and Captain Zack, both playing Bayonetta, decided they were going to stall the match just by holding their shots. It's sort of a charge attack. And they stood on either side of the map, and they just stood there. And there's video of this online, of course. It's available on Twitch and whatnot, YouTube. And they stood there for... It, I, I think most reports are saying about three minutes. I haven't sat through the entire video, because frankly, A, I'm not interested in Super Smash Brothers, and B, I'm really not interested in watching two people not play Super Smash Brothers for three minutes. But this... This right here sort of encapsulates this whole, not even just this part of the incident, but the whole incident to me really encapsulates a lot of the things that's wrong with the way we approach esports at this point in its life cycle. So, on one hand, you've got you've got the crowd turning. Uh, th this is a part of regular sports, too. It happens. And it's something you have to learn to deal with. So that's that's where I start leveling a lot of the blame on the players. Because, I mean, I can point fingers at the crowd here, but the crowd is, the crowd is a hive mind. And the hive mind is not to be swayed. The hive mind is shaped by the environment in which it exists, if that makes sense. So what it really comes down to is the performance and the showmanship of the players. And I understand that the players don't necessarily consider themselves to be showmen, but, and this is something that they also need to get used to, esports players are. That's that's what they do. They're there to put on a show. Pers on a personal level, they're there to win. But on on a business level, they are there as as performers. They're there to put on a good show and entertain people, put butts in seats, sell refreshments, sell advertisements. That's the, that's the whole thing that keeps the lights on. That's what keeps the gears moving here. So that's why I sort of look to Lima and Captain Zack as, as the, not scapegoats, but the ones more at fault here. Because really what the, all they were doing was baiting the audience. They were baiting the audience. It was wrong. Uh, of course, um... I, I believe they both apologized later via Twitter, but come on, guys. Come on. You, I understand that 
I, I, I've come to understand talking to people since that this is a pervasive problem sort of just in the Smash 4 community. And it is a bit of a running joke. I don't pretend to be an expert on this kind of thing. But it just... It bums me out. And I... <laughs> I hate to use the phrase bums me out, but that's what it does. It bums me out. I, I've said it before. I'm, I'm all for professionalism in esports, and this was the exact opposite of it. It was unprofessional, and it just, it wasn't what we're looking for in esports as it moves into the mainstream. So that's 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 my opinion. I don't think there were any particular particularly hot takes in there anywhere it's just something that was weighing on me today and i felt like i wanted to throw it out there into the ether and maybe somebody else has has a different perspective on it maybe they can maybe they can enlighten me we'll see we'll see how that happens personally i'm really looking forward to super smash brothers ultimate yeah that's the other thing that kind of bums a lot of people out. Uh, this was sort of the la the big send-off for Smash 4, because obviously, once Ultimate comes out, Smash 4 doesn't hold the special place in people's hearts that, you know, say Melee does. So this is basically it for the Smash 4 competitive scene, where everyone's moving to Ultimate after this. So that's... that. It's... It's sad. But... We move forward. We are excited for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I'm excited for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I'm not good at the Smash games. I just like them. I love them. I like playing Pikachu. They're bringing back my favorite character of all time, Pokemon Trainer. And I can finally just sit there and play Bulbasaur forever. <laughs> all right. Thank you, everybody, for listening this week. I had so much fun. It's so great to be back. I'm going to try to do these a little more regularly. A lot of this is just stream of consciousness, just when I have something to say, I'm here. I shoot for Mondays, but how it works is how it works. Uh, don't forget that you can follow me on Twitter, uh, twitter.com forward slash pithpith. That's P-I-T-H-P-I-F-T-H. If you want to send me an email, we have an email, gladstown at gmail.com. That goes straight to me, and I uh, I can read them on the show, which would be fantastic. Don't forget, you can review us on iTunes. You can review us on Google Play. We're on Spotify now. What else are we on? Let me let me go down the list. We are on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Castbox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public. Hell, I think we're even on, like, smart speakers, aren't we? I don't know. We're everywhere. Find us. Anchor.fm forward slash Gladstown. Thanks, everybody. I will see you all later.